With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from deep in the Ublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Geconia, east of the Albino Hills and south of the raging Lucistic River, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. All right, everybody, good evening. Welcome, citizens of Geconia. This is Dave, your captain, speaking. Sit back and relax and enjoy tonight's episode. Our guest tonight is Jamie Carnes of Razor Sharp Reptiles. And uh, I've known Jamie for, I don't know, at least a few years now. And uh, we've been together at several expos in the Northeast. And um, I find his projects to be very interesting and beautiful. He has his own unique taste in geckos, and has been working on some great-looking animals. And uh, they're not just sharp, they're razor-sharp. And he's also one of our, uh, one of Gecko Nation Radio's proud sponsors. Um, and uh, speaking of sponsors... Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by... Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need. From Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more. And all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. ABDragons.com is your source for the highest quality doobie roaches, whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps. ABDragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out ABDragons.com online and on Facebook. Razor Sharp Reptiles. Like the name suggests, Jamie Carnes has some sharp gecko and snake projects in the works. He is very well known for his work with rare species, such as cave geckos, but also has some of the prettiest radar projects I've ever seen. Razor Sharp Reptiles is also known for high-end fantails and beautiful rainwater leopard gecko morph projects. Check out RazorSharpReptiles.com online and on Facebook. 
And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or it can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Okay, everybody. Let's see. Welcome back. Um, for those of you that are following my work, please check out my new video uh, that I posted on YouTube uh, last week. Uh, I showed off one of the darkest geckos in my collection, and uh, it's definitely one of the darkest geckos in the world right now. I don't know where it is on that scale, but um, I'm hoping it stays that way. It's really cool looking. Um, also, please check out the FlexSwat Reptile Heat Tank page on Facebook, and uh, Gecko Nation Radio has its own Facebook page and YouTube channel now. Uh, so please subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, we did it in the Gecko Nation group. If you guys don't know about um, our group on Facebook, the radio show has uh, a group associated with it. It's called Gecko Nation. Um, it's a group that I created, and it's for all levels of gecko and reptile hobbyists. So you can post about snakes in there, turtles, whatever you're into, um, dogs and cats we even post about. It's basically just a cool place for people to chat and get to know each other and help one another in the community. Um, so don't um, don't be afraid to, you know, apply for membership and uh, sign up. Um, we're very, very, uh, just a very family-friendly group. I have really good admins there, and everything's monitored very well. So uh, check it out. Uh, we ran a contest recently, and the, and the winner was, um, we, had, we needed a flag for the group, and the winner was, um, I'm here to watch, and I'm going to give you a $10 gift card to AB Dragons uh, for winning that contest. So, um just hit me up, PM, PM me on uh, Facebook, dude, and I'll um, set that up for you. Um, I also mentioned last week that Gecko Nation Radio is going to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forms. So we're pretty much uh, teaming up and helping to promote each other. And um, if you guys don't know about Gecko Forms, it is, it's like, I don't know, it's the coolest thing to get into if you're into um, geckos. It's been around for a while, so check this out. Did you know that since 2006, there's been a treasure trove of history and information on leopard geckos and other species? Well, Gecko Forums is the most extensive database of leopard gecko history on the web right now. Take a look and delve into the past, present, and future of this great community. The biggest contributors, breeders, and hobbyists have left their mark there. Now it's your turn. Look, learn, and post away. Need a place to post animals for sale? Look no further. Visit geckoforums.net and become a member today. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forums. Okay, cool. All right, everybody, I'm looking forward to tonight's episode, and I just want to say that I am so pleased with the immediate success of the show, and I just want to thank all of you out there that have supported my endeavor uh, from the beginning, and um, I don't know. I'm just thrilled. I can see this show going going pretty far. So um, thank you guys for your continued support. Um, let's go ahead and talk to Steve. Good evening, Steve, Gekonian. Are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you, Steve? 
pretty good. How are you? Doing good, man. Very well. Thanks again for everything you're doing for the show. The videos are coming out amazing. Oh, no problem. I, I love it, editing, so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. What do you got for us tonight, bud? Okay. In a dense South American rainforest in southeastern Suriname, scientists discovered 60 new species of animals, including insects, fish, a tree frog being called the cocoa frog, which is amazing looking, and five other potentially new frog species and one snake. Which is, that's, hmm. I love hearing about new species. Wow, and, that is and like fun, I said, yeah. the, the cocoa frog is amazing looking. It's a, it's a tree frog. It just, it just, oh. it doesn't even look real. <laughs> wow. and I have a quote awesome. from, from I have a quote from the article that I thought was pretty good. Expedition leader Leanne Alonzo with the organization of Global Wildlife Conservation quoted, I have conducted expeditions all over the world, but never have I seen such beautiful, pristine forest so untouched by humans. Hmm. Let's hope they stay that way. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So our next story, in Struthers, Ohio, the owners of the Boa Store, an online store that sells boa constrictors, are have been arrested for child endangering. While conducting a welfare check, check on Joseph McCullen, one of the owners of the Boa Store, who was bitten by a diamondback rattlesnake, and left without tr- left the hospital without treatment. Authorities found up to 200 snakes, including venomous. And detectives say the suspects violated two city ordinances. One was running a business from their home, and and the other was owning exotic animals. And they failed to post warnings of dangerous animals, which is which violates a state law. Every room except the kitchen and bathroom had snakes, including their 12-year-old son's room, which had at least 30 snakes. Hmm. Well, how do I feel about this? I guess to I guess to the outsider, this sounds crazy. Oh, my God, 200 snakes in their house. You know, but to reptile right. and amphibian enthusiasts, you know, this is this is normal. And, you know, a lot of people would would admire a collection like that. Um, wow. So, But hmm, it was is, illegal, where is, where though, where they... Struthers, yeah. Ohio. Okay. So, it, hmm. according to local laws and state laws, they they broke both. So, you have to know your laws where you live to know if you're allowed to keep certain animals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I try to keep up myself so that I know I'm within the law. Mhm. So what are they what what are they facing? What kind of um repercussions the o- does it say? The only thing they the only thing they listed in the in the article was child endangering. That was the only thing they were they were listed as what they were arrested for. They didn't say they were mm-hmm. actually being charged for anything else. Which mm-hmm. is okay. You know, so our next story 
from the Florida Keys, mole, the mole skink has been seen again for the first time in 20 years. It is one of the one of Florida's most rare and mysterious of the state species. In 1974, the skink was added to the state's Threatened Species Act. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Act will make a determination to add it to the species to add the species to the Endangered Species Act by 2017. But it's been 20 years since anyone has seen it, and this was the first time in 20 years. Wow. Interesting. Very cool. Hmm. So our next story, and I know this one has been on Facebook. I've seen this one a lot. In a Brazilian swamp, a British photographer discovered an 11-foot caiman with a hump on its back. It is thought that it may have been the result of an old injury or birth defect. But considering its its 11-foot span, the hump must have little effect on its survival. That's an 11-foot caiman. And And the hump I mean, it's very noticeable hmm. on the Cayman. All right. But it's interesting right. that it survived to 11 feet. Yeah. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Now, in, in Miami, a man pulled over to help a turtle cross the road. As he set the turtle down, he was bitten by an eastern diamondback rattlesnake. Oh my god. Now, can you imagine that? Like we were we were just talking about this last week, helping turtles yep. across the road. He brought the yep. turtle across the road and was bit by a rattlesnake, setting the turtle down. So mm-hmm. he, he's fine. He was given six units of anti venom in the ICU. Hey Steve in our last, before you go any Yeah. Hold on, Steve. Before you tell us our last story, you know, I just thought I should bring on my co-host. Um, I have a, we have a special co-host tonight, and I'm sorry, Destiny. I forgot. I should have brought you on sooner. Um, I'm going to bring Destiny in so she can chime on um, with the um, the news stories as well. All right. Destiny, are you here? Hi. Okay. Hey. We're going to talk about where uh, Steve's going to finish up the news, and then he's going to go into we're going to figure out which is the tr- which is which is the false story. So I want you to be a part of that. So, and then we'll get into. I'll do, give you a formal introduction after the news. <laughs> okay, so All it's right, like a fun game. Yeah. We could pick out the wrong story. Yep, one of the stories is false, and um, we're going to do this every show. So Steve's, you know, most of the most of all the stories are true except for one. So we're going to figure out which one is the false story when he's done. So go ahead, Steve. Okay. Up, all right, our last story is Nashville star Hayden Penetier, formerly of the show Heroes, announced her engagement to boxer Vladimir Klitschko on Live with Kelly and Michael, and she did this with a large boa constrictor over her shoulders. I thought it was pretty cool that wow. she came out to and, and announced her her engagement with a, I mean, it was a good-sized boa constrictor. Yeah. Her name is, her her um, 
I think her name is is pronounced Panettiere. I'm just just saying. But yeah, that's cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. There's some okay. tough names. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. All right, so then just because because a lot of us have ADD today, Steve, why don't you just give us a quick recap of the stories so that we can everybody in the chat room. I'm watching everybody in the chat room now, so we can um, okay. start deciding which one's false. Okay, in a in the South American rainforest, 60 new species of animals were discovered. In mm-hmm. Struthers, Ohio, the owners of the boa store are under arrest for child endangering. The Florida Keys mm-hmm. mole skink was seen again for the first time in 20 years. And in mm-hmm. in, Brazi- in in a Brazilian swamp, a British photographer discovered an 11-foot caiman with a hump on its back. In Miami, mm-hmm. a man pulled over to help a turtle cross the road and was bitten by an eastern diamondback snake. Rattlesnake, mm-hmm. excuse me. And then mm-hmm. Hayden and Vladimir, or Hayden announced her engagement to Vladimir with a boa constrictor around her shoulders. Okay. I'm One say, of the stories you, are false. Okay. Go ahead, Destiny. Why don't ladies first? Which one do you think um, is false? This is really hard, but I think I'm going to guess that the mole skink story is the false story. Okay. I'm going to say that the first story is the one with 60 new species found in the rainforest. I'm going to say that that one's false. It sounds too good to be true, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with that. Uh, let's see, Landon saying the mole skink, Hammy is with the mole skink. Um, let's see, Glenn saying the old man story though, because old men they don't really see things on the road, just from experience. You mean the one about the Diamondback? That guy, the guy that picked up the rattlesnake was 24 years old. Or got, oh, okay. got bit by the rattlesnake. Was twenty four years old. Okay. Hmm. A lot of people are saying the rattlesnake story. Daryl says the rattlesnake story. <laughs> um. Let's see. Sean saying the turtle and the rattlesnake story. All right. Let's see. Okay. The a answer. Lot of people are saying, yeah, a lot of people are saying the skink and the rattlesnake story. Go ahead, Steve. All right. Destiny was right. The skink story Yay! was false, but oh, cool! I'm, I only changed one fact in it. It hasn't been seen in 20 years. It's a real story, but I said that it was seen. It hasn't been seen mm-hmm. in 20 years, and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife will not add it to the Endangered Species Act, even though it's been 20 years since it's seen. They right now they will not add it and they will give a determination by 2017, which is it's unfortunate. It's missing, missing in action, right? Missing in action? Yeah, yeah. All right. So it's not dead yet. It's just missing in action. It could be very right. plentiful somewhere. Okay. Hmm. So that was a tough one. <laughs> it just seems like a so. very long time that they would wait until 2017 to give a determination because at this point, it's been 20 years so far that we haven't seen it. 
and then they're just going to wait a couple more years to put it even on the endangered species list. Maybe it'll be too late by then, but I don't know. I'm a pessimist, so. Yeah. That's actually well, one of the things. Go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry. That's actually one of the things in the article that the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission almost said the exact same thing Destiny just said. And that was, I would think, not being seen for 20 years would meet federal criteria. Hmm. And it should. Well, in my opinion, it should. Yeah. I think so. I, I mean, definitely I, I'm agree. Actually, I'm actually happy, though, that the story about the 60 new species is true. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. That is terrific. And I'll post post all these stories on the Gecko Nation radio Facebook page. And make Mm -hmm. sure you check out the Cocoa Frog. Check out the Cocoa Frog because it's amazing looking. Yep. Awesome. All right, Steve, give out your information. Um, Look for me on Facebook and YouTube under BC Barker Creations. All right, and everybody, Steve is the man. He is bringing us all these great videos and audio clips and everything, and thank you so much, Steve. Really appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. You're very welcome. (laughs) Cool. All right, Steve, we'll talk to you next week. All right, I'll see you there. Bye, Steve. Bye. Okay, everybody. Wow, some good news stories. Um, All right, everyone. I told you last week that I was going to be joined with a special guest co-host. You guys may know her from Facebook, and she has a a YouTube channel as well. This is Destiny from Desert Snow Gecko. Destiny, why don't you introduce yourself for the people that don't know you already? Okay, hi. I'm Destiny. Um... I have an addiction. No, I'm just kidding. No, maybe I do. I breed leopard geckos and African fat tails, and I love reptiles. I'm really into genetics, math, husbandry, all that stuff. Um, David and I have been friends for quite a while, and we are on the same page about a lot of things. So um, I was really excited when he invited me to be a co-host with um, our friend Jamie Carnes. So I'm really excited. I think this is going to be a great show. I think David had a really good idea. Awesome. And we're going to have you back next week for a full episode all about you. Yes, all about me. Oh, I love it. (laughs) All right, cool. All right, so let's not keep Jamie uh, waiting anymore. And um, let's go ahead and bring on Jamie Carnes from Razor Shark Reptiles. Hi, Jamie. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hi, Jamie. Not much. How you doing, bud? Pretty good, pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, what's new and exciting? What's new and exciting? I'm a reptile breeder. <laughs> All that There's always something new and exciting. <laughs> I clean uh, poop. <laughs> so do I. How late are you up yep. at night doing it? Actually, I go to bed really early. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, like nine okay. thirty, ten o'clock, because I, you know, I work during the day, so. He has a big yeah. boy okay, job. That was. I have a big boy job. Yeah, yeah it's a big boy job. Yeah. <laughs> a so real, what do you do with your big boy job? 
<laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. What do you? That, that was one of the questions we were going to ask you. Is like, uh, what do you do outside of reptiles? And um, for people that don't you know, know you, and for the people that are going to tune into this episode 15 years from now when this radio show is huge, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do with reptiles, and what you do outside of reptiles? Well, outside of reptiles, I have a construction business, just a, a small business, just me and another guy, and I basically just do remodeling and stuff like that. Um, I do that, and I also own some rental apartments, just a couple that I picked up here and there, and I do that. So I'm a landlord and a contractor. Um, mm-hmm. Besides that, I'm married, have two kids. Um, basically, kids have all kinds of sports going on, so I'm involved in all their stuff, along with um, some jujitsu stuff that I do, and... Um, Besides that, that's about it, which is, I guess that's a lot, so. And yeah, the I think, it definitely is. Yeah, I think that's quite a lot. Let's go ahead and, like, temporarily dub you Mr. Universe for taking care of your family, two businesses, and all of your reptiles. Yeah, well, I don't know. It, it feeds the ADD, I guess, so it works out well. You definitely you know, seem like people... the type of person that has to be busy. Yeah, if I'm not busy, I go crazy, yeah. and then I go crazy, and I spend money that I don't have. And the next thing you know, I'm breeding, like, shingleback something <laughs> or other and giraffes in my backyard, so. <laughs> a lot of people don't understand um, how difficult it is to have a decent-sized collection and do everything else that life entails. A lot of us have families. A lot of us have businesses. A lot of us have this, that, and the other thing going on. So a lot of people that you know, come into the hobby, think it's all fun and games. And for the, for the people that truly love this, I, I think a lot of it is fun and games. But it's a lot of work, man. And, um, you know, just like last week we were talking about it with John. And, um, you know, people want to know what it's like having a hobby at that next level, taking it up to that next level, which is, you know, a mid-sized operation. And, uh, you know, Jamie, how difficult is it where you're at with your collection? I'd say it's pretty it, – it's not that it's difficult. It's just time-consuming. It's one of those things where if you don't have the passion for it, you're not going to do a good job, and you're really not going to come across mm-hmm. very well, so don't even bother one of those type of deals. But um, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. I mean, you all know it's a lot of work. Um, it's every day. It's every weekend. It's just basically every waking moment that you're not taking care of the other basic things in your life you have to take care of. I mean, it's definitely a mm-hmm. lot. I mean – like, this time of the year, as you guys are probably the same way, I'm burned out. Like, it's baby season just about over, and the shows are just starting to pick up, and you're going through everything and deciding what's hold back, so doing your website, and we're just trying to get stuff moved out and moved in and getting ready for the next season, which is just a couple months away, and then we're going to start all over again. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's a lot yeah. of work. It really is. It's it's like a total full-time job that you cannot miss a day. So. Right. I know animals right. don't think, oh, hey, Christmas vacation's coming up. We'll just not poop for that week for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be that would yeah. be swell, though, wouldn't it? That, we do have that, like, little cool-down period, though, so that's nice for those that, that cool. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah, not everyone dies. Actually, I think I am going to finish out the last of my last order of mealworms and buggies, and then I'm probably going to start my cooling cycle when are you going to start your cooling cycle, Jamie? Probably, I usually do it like right before Thanksgiving. I it's try to plan it out so. Idea. Yeah, I try to plan it out so like the first of the year everything's kind of coming back up, so I can sort of yeah. 
have a break over the Christmas holiday. Not really the holiday, but the week in between Christmas and New Year's. I don't have to really worry about it because we do a lot of family stuff. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a break. Everything in your collection, or do you cool only just your AFT and your other geckos, or your mini monitors? Do they need cooled too? No, I don't do anything with those. They eat every day anyway, so that's like it takes five minutes pretty much. You just throw stuff in there. They're like little ravenous dogs. They just eat every single day, and they'll eat as much as you can possibly feed them. So they never get out of the equation pretty much. Um, just the fat tails, the leopard geckos, the caves. I'm going to try to kind of cool them. I usually let them cool naturally in the room because my room, I just, it's heated, but I let it go down to like the low 70s. And I'm going to kind of let it go down a little bit lower this year and see if it helps with some of the production with some of the tougher species that don't seem to want to produce as much. And, um, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. Like some of the snake stuff I cool, like I have just a very small collection of uh, Asian rat snakes. They'll get cooled. And, well, yeah, and the carpet pythons, they'll get cooled too. So just about everything except for um, the monitors and the skinks. <laughs> okay, you know, Jamie, a lot of people never cool leopard geckos. I don't, and I don't cool mine down here. Um, for for people that are thinking about cooling their leopard geckos, why don't you uh, tell tell people what that entails exactly? What are the steps needed to do that? Well, how I do it is is I basically just kind of like what Destiny said. I get down to where I stop feeding them. Um, I wait about a week and a half or so, and then I kind of turn the temps down a little bit. And always providing water, be it a dish or misting or however you want to do it. And um, after about two weeks, then I kind of like gradually bring the temps down to about, I want to say like the low 70s, and I just leave them in the rack. Like those guys I don't pull out. Like some other stuff I'll actually pull out, put it in the other part of the basement, and um, let it sit there for three months. The leopards and the fat tails only do it for about four to five weeks at the most. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, always provide water and whatnot, you know, just to make sure that they're okay. Check them every couple of days, you know, make sure nobody's looking horrible. If anybody's looking horrible, they immediately get pulled out, put in a separate rack. The heat starts to come up slowly, and I get them feeding again. And that's right. pretty much it. Yeah, because um, in nature, they they experience a winter cooling period um, as well. I mean, I'm sure it's not very drastic in the Middle East, um, but... You know, it, it is good for a lot of reptiles to experience um, cooling periods, and it, it's almost necessary for some species in order to get them cycled for breeding uh, to have that happen. Some species, like corn snakes and stuff, really, you know, don't need it. Some people say they do need it. it I guess it depends on on the uh, the breeder, but um, yeah, I mean, I find that mine breed breed fine without cooling. Do you, is there a reason why you like to cool them, Jamie? I guess I don't know. I guess you could just say it's habit. I don't know. I'm just, I'm panicked not to. I think the one year, two seasons ago, maybe it was, <laughs> maybe it was three seasons ago, I did not cool, and it was just a horrible season for me, which is weird because, you know, you don't live that far away from me, and some other breeders, they don't live that far. None of them cool but me. You know, and they're already they're already starting their season all over again. I, I, you know, honestly, Dave, I, I guess I don't really have a, that good of an answer other than just habit and panic. I have to concur with Jamie. I I had a season maybe a couple years ago where I didn't cool. It was just this messed up situation where um, the rack I wanted didn't come, so I was using my other rack, and so I ended up not cooling. And my season was pretty crappy. Um, I've never had that really happen before. I had a lot of egg production, but not a lot of them made it to hatch. So ever since... I'm on the same page with Jamie. I will cool, and I find that it saves me a little bit on a feed bill. It saves me a little bit in electricity. And All those are a plus. I just, 
Yeah, and I find that the, the production of eggs is equal either way, but the amount of eggs that don't hatch seems to dwindle when you cool. Um, but it's true that a lot of species are, like, dependent on those seasonal cycles. Um, in reptiles, it's typically called bromation, and some animals won't produce at all, like pegus mm -hmm. and many other monitor species. If they don't experience that cooling, even if it's for as little as a month, and for, like, pegus it can be as long as six months, if they don't experience that, they don't get their biological reset. So they don't have the ability to even produce. They just simply go on acting as a pet instead of as a breeder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, does your room get cooler in the winter? Your, your your room probably gets cooler in the winter anyway, right? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, kind of. I mean, your animals are going to change. That's true. Yeah. Ambient temperatures do change, but, I mean, I'm in Arizona, so... Um, during the summer, yeah. we keep our house at 80-whatever with the air conditioning, and in the winter, we keep it at, like, 75, 80-whatever with the heater, and then in between, you know, the other six months where we don't have to do either, it's just at that temperature anyway. Yeah. So we kind of have to do our cooling a little bit on purpose, but it's Dave, a, I think a you lot give of money it a shot, Dave. I, well, I haven't you know, ever had a problem doing it, so I agree. I've always been scared to do it for some reason. So I'm like the exact opposite of you. I think, <laughs> I've always, I've always, I've always thought that you know if I do that, I run the risk of them getting respiratory or something. And um, I have never had that you know, happen. I've, never. Uh, I haven't either. Yeah. I know. But it's I can understand like it. It's like a control issue, right, because you feed them every day. You water them every day. You take such good care of them, and then just, like, let go. Just let go for a month or two. You're like, okay, you just go sleep. And it, it's hard to let go, especially when you do it so much, then to just walk away and be like, okay, I'll just check on you in a couple of days, okay? And then you just, like, want to run yeah. back and be like, no, are you okay now? <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's that was nice. my next question, though. Like, yeah, and my next question was going to be, how long do you usually, how long is the cooling period for you guys? What do you guys do? I do like Jamie four first, to five weeks at the most. Yeah, four to five weeks at the most for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do mine. Um, usually I'll finish like maybe November to January 1st. I like to turn everything back on January 1st because January here is when it gets the coldest and all the flex lot in my house helps with keeping us warm and not having to run the heater. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people use FlexWatt exclusively in, in home heating all over the world, so it's a it's a good, yeah. good thing for that if you want to you want to line your walls yep. with it. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it really works well. great. It actually, it, it creates a very thin barrier um, from from the elements. You know, it's like a shield almost. It acts like a force field. You know, um, it's pretty cool. Um, Jamie, why don't we talk about? You know, you've been getting a lot of notoriety lately for your work with cave geckos. And um, I particularly am very impressed with the color that you're getting on some of the gonosaurus. I think I hope I pronounced that right. Um, we'll just call them gonies. But, um, yeah, I like that better. Why don't you, yeah, why don't you tell uh, the <laughs> listeners about, about your uh, cave gecko projects and what you're doing with them? All right. Well, probably, I think it was like late 2008, at one of the Hamburg shows, 
I walked by a certain giant wholesaler's table, and I saw all these little geckos. They were kind of purple with these crazy red eyes, and I was like, wow. I mean, they looked awful. I mean, absolutely dreadful. But um, I decided I bought a bunch. I think it's maybe 12 or 14. I think three of them died on the way home. I mean, they were bad, really bad shape. And um, I kind of knew what they were, but, I, you know, they told me what they were, but I wasn't sure because there's a, some confusion in certain um, cave geckos because they look so much the same as the others that there's um, the Hayanensis for one and the Lichenfelderi. People get those really confused, and they used to come in um, together, and then people would breathe them together, you know, because you can't really tell except for a ring that goes from the side of their mouth to around the back of their head. That's the only thing that pretty much sets them apart from each other. So anyway, mm-hmm. so I got those home and, and hydrated what I had to, looked up, as much as I could, which there really wasn't much out there, and there really still isn't that much out there on them. Um, there's a couple of really good books and a few websites, but a lot of the stuff's in German or some other language and horribly translated, and um, so it's a little little tough at first. But um, so I got into those, and I found out that they were every one that I had was the um, the Chinese Hainanenses from the Hainan Island, and um, the following season they were all adults. They all looked great, so I put them together and started breeding them, and I found out they breed pretty easy, and the babies are pretty easy to keep alive um and it just kind of went from there and then i started you know looking into it a little more and realizing that at the time i think there was maybe nine or ten species that they had um listed now there's 13 or 14 if i'm correct on that i'm not 100 percent sure um so i started looking around and i ran into some other guys like um that breed rare geckos and they could get me some so i got some imported from canada some imported from europe and you know started to slowly build my collection to what i have now um so currently, I only work with I work with five of the species out of all of them, and mm-hmm. um, they're all very similar care. Um, they're all either from China or Japan, basically. Um, they're all well, they're similar care, but the sizes and shapes are basically different in color. Like the big one that everybody really likes, besides the Hanensis, which is the ones you were referring to, the ones with the yellow bands, are the um, the Orientalis, the ones from Japan, the little red and black ones. Oh, I like mm-hmm. those ones. Yeah, those are the ones that everybody really freaks out about. Those are those are they caught my attention first, and they were the ones obviously that I wanted to try to find second after I had the Hanensis. And um, so I have a, not a very large collection of those, but a small. I mean, they don't they're not very prolific. At least I can't get them to be. I mean, I've heard rumors, and everyone has a different way of breeding them, and they keep them at different temperatures. And you know, a lot of us are starting to talk and try to figure out exactly um, how to make these more consistent instead of like almost skipping a season and then they breed again the next season you get like three eggs and then you get two eggs another season then six the next so it's kind of stressful and I'm always getting emails for them constantly when are you going to have a rain towels when are you going to have a, I mean all year round every year so it'd be nice to get some <laughs> other than three or four a year so Danny yeah. you're telling us that they are fairly easy to care for can you go into a little bit of the husbandry and if it's different from the different subspecies to the others and are they fast and what do the babies eat and do they bite well, of course they bite everything bites <laughs> <laughs> everything bites one time or another i've only bitten a few times only a few times um yeah sure um that was a lot of questions that we Sorry, those are some gecko noises. I don't know, that was what that was. I thought my phone was breaking. Gary, I have an iPhone 4. You can't push it too hard, dude. You can't push it. One was a toque. This one, I think, is a toque. 
That sounds like a toke. I worked with those too, and that yeah. sounds like that sounds like a toke death rattle. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> no, Chad, it's not me. I don't have gas. That, that's definitely a toke. <laughs> Chad's in the chat. It's Dave, and he has gas. <laughs> Dave needs oh, to lay off the enchiladas for dinner. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's cool. So, um, all right, besides your cage geckos, uh, Jamie, when I, whenever I walk by your table at the Expos, um, the things that I notice most are your radars and your rainwaters. And, um, you know, a lot of us know that some of the eclipses create like a bald spot or a blue spot, you know, in the normal form. In the radars you're working with, that blue spot seems to be very, very pronounced. It seems like you're definitely line breeding that to to a certain effect, and, and you've been calling them your eraser heads. Tell us a little bit about them and how you how you how you've been working with them. Well, about two years ago, I got some of the first radars I've ever had, and um, I noticed a couple of the babies had that really, really washed out front nose and the hands, like the pied arms. So I kind of held those back mm-hmm. and basically. That's basically how I did it, and I just kind of line-bred it more to get as much of a dramatic effect as I could. Um, and it seems to have come out on every single one that I produced this year, pretty much. Um, the blue spot eclipse thing, that popped up last season and this season, which was not in the original breeders that I had. So I, I don't necessarily have an explanation, and I really didn't even know that it even existed. I think it was Destiny, actually, I was talking to about it, and she said, that's blue spot eclipse. I didn't even know what that was. I've never even heard of it before. <laughs> was that you? Okay, I... <laughs> Yeah, it was me, and I can explain a little bit. Um, so well, Ron Tremper, sure. Ron Tremper, in his book, talks about um, how there is this other type of eclipse that is called the blue spot eclipse, and in the breeding of the blue spot eclipse, he noticed that it seems to be um, somewhat line breedable or polygenic. So. Um, he went ahead and started doing a little breeding project with those, and you know how he um, he sells overseas? Well, the Japanese market went crazy for the blue spot. Um, the American, not so much, and I think they're also pretty popular in uh, Europe as well. Um, here, it's not really, like, pointed out. It's not sold as this or that, um, they're just like, oh, it's an eclipse, end of story. But I have several blue spot eclipses in my own collection, and I am particularly breeding for that, but my project is in the raptors, and I'm going for the lavender, because the blue really lends to creating a gorgeous lavender. So, Jamie, you actually did the same thing I'm doing, except for you went at it in the bells. And so I know you have extraordinary purple and lavender colors in your bells. And when you got that blue spot gene in there and made your eraser faces, it's like it's supercharging your purples, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I noticed the purple. The purple was definitely the lavender, I guess, was definitely coming out. So I also got some um, Paul Allen line lavender bells, and I kind of mixed them in there too. So that sort of amplified it a bit too because that's like the best lavender line probably, I'd say. It actually holds up. Like, I have older breeders, you know, that they still, I mean, usually they kind of fade and look a little like that kind of grayish kind of tinted, and, you know, they still are very, very lavender. I mean, three seasons into breeding. So that that line's a very strong line for the lavender, along with the blue spot eclipse. So I got all kinds of angles there. I like to call that, I like to call that graying out the stretch mark look. (laughs) 
stretch mark look okay. Because <laughs> it's what happens. Like, women are all very attractive and have a couple kids later and not so much, and it kind of happens with geckos, too. Yeah, not touching that one with a 10-foot pole, so. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I think that you touching on that blue spot eclipse in your project was just excellent mad scientist work at hand. And I just think it's amazing that you catch these things with your eye and you, like, don't even realize that in Japan you'd be worshipped as a demigod for having a giant collection of radars with this gene. You just see stuff and you refine it and you put it in your lines. And I think that most of your morphs are excellent. You don't... You don't have ADD like the rest of us. You're like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this. You work on your lines for a long time, and you pull out what is the most desirable trait in each one of those morphs, and I just think it's amazing. Well, I, well, I did, is, I did is, run all over the Yeah. Oh, yeah. rainwaters. This season was terrible for rainwaters, Dave. I was going to talk to you about that when I saw you this weekend. Oh, wow. Horrible. Whatever with really? that cold snap that we had, and the cold snap we had there right at the end of August, like they didn't mm-hmm. start breeding until July. I only got like two clutches out of everything. It just all stopped. Oh, that stinks. It does stink. So there wow. was, we got, I have some typhoon stuff and a few here and there from that uh, raining red stripe kind of jungly project I was working on, but any of that other stuff that I was working on later in the season pretty much got nixed. Um Early in the wow. season was the okay. uh, the uh, five, what was it the uh, atomic stuff the atomic crosses they came out pretty well but they didn't give very very many of those so yeah so not many mm-hmm. rainwaters this season not very cool mm-hmm. not very cool but, but I think I need to move get, to Japan yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that well, sounds you good. know I know you know though Jamie well, when you, you have a off season like that, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. It just means that you're holding back everything, so it's good for you, bad for us. Yeah, yeah, well, I guess, I guess. It was just some weird weather and some weird barometric pressure stuff, and next thing you know, everybody put the brakes yeah. on, so. Some of my projects don't always, you know, pan out either. I mean, I, we, we can't expect 100% success with everything. It just doesn't work out, you know. Yeah, but definitely not. Yeah. Um, well, you know the rainwater. How long have you been working on those rainwaters, though? I mean, they are they're they got some rich blue purplish tones to them, and you know, you, um, I think you're working with firewaters, rainwaters, orange, orange. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, um, they're so pretty. Probably like early '09. I, I saw the first raining red stripe. I found it on Fauna Classifieds, and I can't remember the guy's name. It was a direct from Jeremy Lecky line when he was just getting out of reptiles. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. I really can't for life me. But um, I paid a lot of money for one of them. And um, that was basically the founding stock. And I just kind of worked with them. And a lot of people dissed them and just didn't pay attention to them for years. And now, I guess now, I guess they're starting to get a little more popular, I would say. But um, mm-hmm. they were always like the oddball albino, more or less. I just well, that's because nobody four put any color years. into them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the first one like I got them. was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was pretty amazing. But I've seen lots of ugly ones too, so I I I I agree with you pretty much. Yeah, I mean now they're they're gaining in popularity now, but I still think that they're, you know, it's still the bells and the trappers that get the most of the 
most of the attention for the most part. Yeah. No, and I, I think the Bells, the Bells don't look that. anything. Bells don't look anything like Trampers either. I think Rainwaters do in a certain way. They're like a little more, you can tell that they're a little more closely, I don't know, they look a little bit more like Trampers. I, the Bells have definitely have their own unique look. I, I saw it written somewhere mm. on some place that they called it the grown-up albino. So I'm going to have to say that I like that. I'm going to say the Bells are the grown-up albino. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually uh, conversing with somebody via email not not too long ago, and they were asking me if I work with rainwater, and I said not yet, and they asked me why, and they were actually worried that I didn't work with them. Honestly, the reason I don't is because I don't have enough room, but it's true that maybe four or five years ago, it was really hard to tell the difference between a trumper and a rainwater the rainwaters just sort of look like ugly trimpers. But now it's an entirely different playing field. I definitely think that um, the colors, like David said, are popping in a way that they never have before. And where breeders would worry about being able to sell their rainwater um, offspring, I don't think that that's so much of a worry anymore. And I yeah, definitely no. I definitely no. think that you working with them, Jamie, is probably a really good thing for me because now I'm going to buy them from you. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's got some nice ones coming up here soon. I think if you didn't already post some, I haven't seen them yet, but you were amassing yeah. quite the collection last season. So, um, Well, to tell you the truth, mine, yeah, I didn't produce a lot either, so... Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm hoping this season will be better. Um, you know, the rainwater project that I put the most into and I got the most out of was the uh, fire water across the atomic rains. Um, I hit on a lot of babies from that. So, you know, I'm hoping now this season is bringing the siblings together and creating the atomic fire water, which is what I'm doing. And, you know, we'll yeah, see how cool. those turn out. Um, yeah, the, the, um, the babies came out good looking, but, you know, they need to be crossed to each other to get the full effect. So, you know, sometimes... As you know, some tangerine lines don't lock up too good um, in their first pairing. So we'll see. I'm hoping that they, they look great. I'm sure they will. You know, it just remains to be seen. We'll see. Um, I guess, you know, one of the <clears throat> the main things that uh, I'd like to talk with you about, Jamie, is uh, a lot of people out there that are, you know, up in their collection, their next step is, you know, vending at expos. And um, number one, I think vending at expos is great if you – if you can get into a show and everything, then why not for you? Like, uh, you know, how long have you been vending? And why don't we talk about some of the pros and cons of vending at expos? Um, I started vending in 08 at Hamburg. I mm-hmm. think it was maybe, mm-hmm. oh, wow, I don't even know. It might have been the August show, you know, that real dreadful one. It might have been that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had a half a table, one of those type of deals. But, um, and been vending ever since. And, you know, with us, I don't know if it's a, if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but there's a lot of shows. And you know this because you do you do more shows, I think, than I do. But um, I stopped doing a lot of the smaller shows just because I just don't have the time. But um, there's a lot of shows around here. I mean, between Jersey, what is it, New York, Jersey, Maryland, there's just how many shows mm-hmm. do you think there are a month? Five, four? <laughs> Five a month, yeah. There's a lot. Pretty there's much. There's a lot of shows. Yeah. Yeah, to do all yeah. those would be, I mean, I would I would have to literally – quit my big boy job and do that. But um <laughs> I, I think you guys are so jealous because there just aren't any shows here. There's a lot of shows. I think there might be too many shows and I'll probably get some hate mail for that, but 
I think they've kind of started to slowly, slowly, slowly wear everybody down on the, the the excitement of shows. But um, anyway, back to the question. Um, like for a show, I don't think people realize. They think we just maybe just like wake up in the morning and our stuff's packed up and we're ready to go and we show up at the show and we're ready to sell. Um, <laughs> I think um, for me, for me being self-employed, thankfully. Um, I typically take off the day before if it's a Saturday show or a half day or something of that nature. Come home at noon, whatever, whatever, and um, you know you start packing. Now, not only do you have to start packing, but you're basically you're losing one of your main cleaning days of the whole week. So you have to make up for that too. So you have to pack up all your geckos, label all your geckos, price all your stuff, load up your car, yada yada yada, and then you have to take care of all the cleaning stuff that you typically would do. So right there is a whole day. And then you head up out the morning. I don't know. I usually leave my house at like five in the morning, four in the morning. You know that day. You do the same thing. Really yeah. early. Um, so we head out, and we get there and get to the show. You set up. Set up's usually an hour, two hours, whatever. You know, depends on how many people bug you, um, how many conversations mm-hmm. you get to or whatever. <laughs> and, I was um, actually going <laughs> to call that just your general hobnob. There's this, like, hobnob time tax that happens every morning when you're setting up. <laughs> but I guess people bugging you, that works, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean that in the most uh, lightweight possible. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's your competitors coming around to get a get a glimpse of what you're pricing your stuff at too, and you know, so they can I think that's called figure smoothing. out how they're gonna. <laughs> well, yeah, and 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 people want other people, other readers want to see what you're what you have, and um, yeah. sometimes it's a good opportunity to grab, you know, key genetics that you need before the public gets to them. Um, I do a lot of my best deals. I'm sure you do too before the shows start, right, Jamie? Yeah, usually, usually. I mean, a lot of it, like the breeder to breeder stuff. Yeah, and then you know you're always catching your worm guy or your cricket guy or your whatever guy, and he's bringing your stuff in and you know pre-sales and meeting stuff with the keeping people at the door and just all that other madness. So then you know we go through the day. We do our we do our vending, which is awesome. We get to meet people, talk reptiles all day long, get to see all this awesome stuff. And then the end of the show comes, and, you know, that's like manic panic. Everybody's trying to get out of there, and people are coming over, and they're trying to wholesale you and take your stuff. <laughs> You're going to tell them politely to, you know, go away. And, um, <laughs> no and or, extra or, geckos for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wholesale, yeah, the wholesale guys, and they're like, they're like vultures around a corpse, basically. So, um, yeah. So we shoo those away, and then, um, you know, we get in the car, and we head on home, and then, me, I usually set the stuff in the room. I get home, say whatever, you know, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, and I'll set the stuff down there. And I won't touch it again until tomorrow, the next morning. And then the whole day, basically, you're still catching up, taking care of everything you need to do, putting all the animals away. And then you get the influx mm-hmm. of emails, which, I, Dave, I'm sure you understand this part too, the emails that you have to answer, which takes hours of people that bought stuff from you and have questions or people that saw something and would like to purchase something. And then you go through all that, and the next thing you know, it's Monday and you're back at work. <laughs> That's yeah, so it's, typically, it's, your guys' shows are only one day. Usually, yeah. Oh, well, that's that's just the day of the show, but it you know the whole process is probably three four days. Well, man. I mean, yeah, it's three days at least. I couldn't imagine doing that. The shows that I've only ever done have always been like two day events, where it's a Sunday mm-hmm. and a Saturday, and so I mean, you pack up and you set up, you hang out and do your thing, and then when the show closes for the evening, you pretty much just put everything in a cooler and then go, you know, hang out in the hotel and hobnob again, um, and then you rush to try and get up early in the morning the next day for when the show opens again. I could not imagine how much work you guys do 
for just that one day. Um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Shows. It's pretty. I mean, the only two day shows I ever do are Repticons, and it's like in Baltimore or whatever. And that is nice. It is nice yeah, to have everything set show? up Friday night. Um, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> it used to be really, really good. <laughs> this last time was kind of off. Um, like yeah. extremely off. But typically it's a good show. But it's nice to go down and set up on a Friday night. And then you don't like to come in in the morning and just kind of put your animals out. And then Saturday you do the same thing. Sunday you come back, you put your animals It's kind of nice, you know. It's a little weird to be away from home for mm-hmm. three days. But, you know, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But, yes, no. Us East Coasters, mostly they're only one-day shows, and we have to go by the seat of our pants from Friday morning until late Sunday. And that's pretty much I it. I would yeah. be living on a diet of caffeine. <laughs> and I could not promise that by the time the vultures came around, by the end of the day, that I would be nice enough to just be like, oh, shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not nice. I was just trying to be nice because I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kind of nice. <laughs> not even kind of. And, you know, with me, like, I- I'm all, like, health-conscious weirdo, like, how I what I eat I have to like pack little lunches and bring my special hippie drinks and everything else with me every morning so that adds another hour to the process. Aw, yeah. you can't live without your little green slushy thing in the morning, right? That's right, that's right. Super juice, gotta drink that stuff. But you know what? It's incredible to do shows. It's 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 awesome. It's like the the highlight of being a breeder, more or less. Um, it really is. It, it is. It's a good time. It's a lot of work, but you know, after the first fifty, you get used to it pretty much. Yeah. It just becomes routine. All right. Well, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna play a sponsor plug, and when we come back, I'm gonna open up the phone lines to callers with questions. And uh, Jamie, you want to give a um, a prize tonight to a listener, right? Yeah. Yeah. What I want to do is, however you want to do this, is I would like to give away um, free shipping on a gecko off my okay. new website, which cool. I just got put up this weekend, and I spent all day today putting animals up. There's about 30 animals on there, and in about two weeks there'll be some more, too. They're just a little too small. And um, so there's quite a selection on there, and I, I would like to do free shipping, too, however you want to do that. Oh, wait, what's, okay. your, what's well, your new website? It's razorsharpreptiles.com. Oh, okay, that makes yep. a lot of sense. All right, everybody, hang tight. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Razor Sharp Reptiles. Like the name suggests, Jamie Carnes has some sharp gecko and snake projects in the works. He is very well known for his work with rare species such as cave geckos but also has some of the prettiest radar projects I've ever seen. Razor Sharp Reptiles is also known for high-end fat tails and beautiful rainwater leopard gecko morph projects. Check out RazorSharpReptiles.com online and on Facebook. ABDragons.com is your source for the highest quality doobie roaches, whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps. ABDragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt Reptile Heat Tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. 
If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or it can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more. And all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Okay, everybody, we are back. And um, for those of you guys that want to call in with your questions for Jamie, the guest call-in number is area code 646-478-5331. And I just want to make an announcement to everyone. Uh, For those of you guys that don't know, uh, I have a group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Uh, Gecko Nation is the official group for this show, and um, it's just a great friendly place family-friendly place that's monitored very closely. If you guys would like to apply for membership, go on Facebook and find Gecko Nation. And um, we'll check you out, and uh, we'll likely bring you in as a member. I'd like to screen the members, though, and make sure you know people are, aren't posting horrible things on their Facebook pages. So um want to keep the, the group as fun and clean as possible. So, Family-friendly. Um, uh, Exactly, and uh, Destiny is an admin. Um, Jamie, if you want to be an admin, you can. If you aren't, um, I just want to. I just want to make it so that it's everybody's. Just I don't know. It's a positive experience, and there's no fighting or anything weird and drama going on. So, um, all right, everyone. Let's. Uh, I see there's a caller on hold. Let's go ahead and take this call. Caller from the four three two area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, Dave. It's Daryl Destiny. How are you? Jamie, great website. I'm sitting here looking at it as we speak. How's it going? Hi, Dave. Awesome. So how are you guys doing this evening? I've been listening, and everything sounds wonderful. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. We're doing our best uh, to make the show as cool as possible. It is just outstanding. Jamie, my question for All you right. tonight is uh, how do you manage to uh, wrangle between your big boy job and how much you can actually do and how how do you determine how many shows you go to and stuff like that? That seems like it's got to be a uh, full-time event. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just do it. It's just normal life for me, so I don't even really think of it as being that bad. I mean, occasionally sometimes I want to just drown myself in a tub or something, but it's not um it's not it's not openly terrible. Um I guess, you know, you know, having my own business I can take off sort of where I want to. So say we do a, a show on Sunday or something in New York, 
I can take off the following Monday and get caught up a little bit. But it, it is definitely every night after work, um, every day off that I'm off of work, um, you know, at least two or three hours a day. And then the weekend is definitely seven, eight, nine hours a weekend day, you know, Saturday and Sunday. So it's it, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm still, you know, fairly young, so, well, I guess not, but no, I'm still you're kicking. No, you're so young. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm still so great. I was just going to tell you, uh, you know, you've got some great animals, and I was looking on your website, and uh, you. Destiny does too as well. And oh, thank course, you. Of course, Dave has loaded me up pretty good here in the last week, so. I, I, I'll have to be uh, a little more particular about what I go out and purchase now, but I'll definitely keep you in mind for sure, Jamie. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for calling. All right, guys. And y'all hey, uh, keep it up. Oh. Yeah. Hold on, Daryl. Um, I'm going to ask you a question and uh, related to the show, and if you get it right, we'll give you the um, the uh, free shipping on a gecko from, uh, from uh, Jamie. And the, the question Boy, is, there you go. That's just what I need, Dave. Thanks. You can hang on to that, too. You can hang on to that till next year if you want to. Go ahead. I'll give it a shot. All right. The question is, earlier in the broadcast, uh, we were talking about cave geckos, and Jamie mentioned that he works with several species, and he gave the exact number as to how many species that he, that he actually works with. What, what, how many species of cave geckos does Jamie currently work with? Boy, you know I miss that, but he's got one on his website, so I'm going to say one. Eh. Eh. There we go. (laughs) Oh, well, live another day and give it to somebody else. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks Uh, for calling in, bud. You bet, you guys. Appreciate it. Good job. You bet, Destiny. Jamie, y'all have a good night. All right, man. See you. All right. All right. Yeah, everybody, keep an eye on Daryl. He's a... he posts a lot in the Gecko Nation group, and he's, he's uh, building quite a collection, I have to say. Very, he's got very good-tasting geckos, that's for sure. All right, we have another caller from the 570 area code. Um, 570, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, guys. It's Manda. Hey. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, you, yep. Okay, so... All right. I've I've heard a lot of people and I've seen a lot of breeders that have their entire collection of leopard geckos in their basement. Um, I also have about half of my collection in my basement. And I was just kind of wondering, um, like, Jamie, how do you guys do it with, do you, as far as, like, the lighting and the photo periods and everything, because they should have, like, 12 hours of daylight, but yet they're nocturnal. How do you guys do your lighting with it being in the basement? And being what I use is I use um, shop lights for lights down in my basement, basically, and everything's okay. on a timer. On a timer, and I have the timer set. That's another part about the cooling too that we didn't touch on at the very beginning. But I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. But um, basically everything's on a timer, so they turn on at you know seven to seven. Right. And, but I don't turn on all the lights. I only turn on, you know, basically like in each section there's one four-foot light that will turn on. And I have okay. like a room and a half basically. So I just put it on a regular timer. Um, I wire those separate. I'm being a contractor. It's kind of easy just to say that, but I know it's kind of not the easiest thing in the world for <laughs> your average homeowner or renter just to wire up its own circuit for your yeah. uh, basement light. But, um, Amanda, you do know a guy, so he, he can probably come Yeah, that, that's very true. 
Yeah. And as um, far as the free shipping, I mean, I can. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really count I mean, for you either. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's all good. We can convert it to free delivery. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. But, um, well, why, don't we ask, I, why, don't, why don't we ask Mandy a question? And, um, you know, it's up to you, Jamie, how you want to handle it. If you want to give her a discount or something, it's, it's all good. Um well, we could switch from free shipping question. to 20% off, I guess. <laughs> I, okay. I don't even care right. if I win. I I just like to call in. <laughs> I know. Well, that's cool. But, you know, we are we are testing, you know, giving people a test question tonight. So, you know, you made the effort to call in, which is great. And, you know, I feel like, you know, if Jamie's willing to give a prize, we should uh, we should have, a, you know, somebody be able to win it. So, um right. earlier that... He mentioned earlier that he started vending in a certain year. What year did Jamie start vending in? 2008. 2008. Yep. That's Yay, right. That is so good. <laughs> and I believe awesome. the last question with the species, was it five? That's right. I think that's right, too. Woo. Yes, you got them both right. I think it's more. <laughs> it's a big brain on Manda. <laughs> I'm actually cool. super jealous. I have to say that because I mean I don't get to have the free shipping and and <laughs> now you get it and I love stuff and he has so many nice things that he just put on his website. So I mean I know you'll find something you like. Oh yes, yeah. Well, I already, I already <laughs> have some of Jamie's stuff and I definitely would love to have even more. So. <laughs> I have to say I I think this has got to be one of my favorite shows tonight I've been laughing like I, I listen to the show on my phone while I'm putting my kids to sleep because I'll rock them and stuff and I'm there, like, laughing, and Owen's looking at me like, what are you laughing at? Like, what? Like, I'm like, mommy's so gone, <laughs> Yeah. Just randomly laughing in his room. <laughs> but awesome show, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for oh, you're welcome, Amanda. Thanks for calling in. on a double win. Woo. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. Bye, guys. See you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, cool. Um, well, I guess we can. If, if Jamie, if you want to give something else out, that's cool. If not, I can give out a prize too tonight. I don't care. Um, I can give a. I can give away a free gecko. I don't care. I have so many geckos this evening. So, uh, <laughs> I should give away a car. Yeah, <laughs> I should give away a car. I'll give right? you a free car. You just have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good deal. Yeah, that's a good deal. I'll, wait, I'll think well, about it. I'll think about it. Maybe I'll give a gecko away tonight. Let me think on it, though. Let's see. Okay. Um, all right. We also have another caller on the line. Let's go ahead and take this call. Call us from the 304 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hello? Hello, caller. From the 304? All right. We, they were just listening. All right. I don't know if they were. You know, we can. You know, one of these days, I should try this feature. I can actually call people from the switchboard, like you know, just random calls or make prank phone calls or something. You know, 
I can uh, like we could order like yeah. five thousand large pizzas for Amanda and send it to her house. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that you can do like that. Sounds like an awesome idea. Mm. <laughs> I know. Mm. Like the Jerky it's Boys, crazy. remember that? No, probably not. But oh, I I, I miss the Jerky Boys, man. They were great. <laughs> I I listen to them. I have all their CDs. I listen to them all the time. That's funny stuff. What could be yeah. super fun as a future idea is maybe have people answer trivia questions on Gecko Nation Group, and they get to give you their phone number, and then you randomly select a phone number, and they have to be listening when you call to win a prize. Well, you know, I am terrible at organizing. Um, I'm good at giving prizes, but I'm terrible at organizing mm-hmm. The actual contest. So, you know, that's where I need help. So, you know, Justin, you're you're an active member in the group and an admin. If you want to help me organize stuff like that, that would be terrific because that's all I need. I just need that that you know that extra help with that. Um, but you know, Sounds as far as the prizes, I'm, all right, because I'm Prize City. I got all the prizes. I just need to figure out a way to get them to the right winners. So. Well, this will work out um, wonderfully because I happen to be the trivia queen. So we'll set this up. We'll do this next week. We'll start Monday. I think Manda's the okay. trivia queen, actually. Actually, she oh, is. She's... I take that back. I am not the trivia queen. Manda is. Yeah, that was a slam dunk. No. Indeed. <laughs> oh, they're, all, they're all talking about Frank Rizzo in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we can't do Frank Rizzo on the radio, though. One of my favorite ones was Uncle Uncle Freddy. Remember Uncle Freddy? I I don't know. I don't, but I probably if I heard it. But you, yeah. Oh, it was on the first album. It was so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> well, that's you know one of the things when I first started vending everybody, um, you know whenever you're a new vendor at the show, at these expos, you know people kind of eye you up and you're like kind of like kind of like you walk in and. You know, like those Western movies and Yeah, the the music you know, you hear the scratching record, the music turns off, everybody looks at you funny. Um I think they still kinda look at me funny, but um Yeah, probably yeah. <laughs> you know, I always they, they I you know, they view people with as competition and a lot of people are threatened by other vendors and it's just like a it can be kinda like a I don't know about a hostile atmosphere, but it can be very competitive and it can be not all the vendors get along with each other. It's not always, it's you know. extremely you competitive. Think, well, you would think that, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun, a lot of a lot of reptile lovers all together in the same room, but it isn't always like that, right? Right, Jamie? Not not all of us get along very well. And yeah, I mean, um, yeah, for a while there, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, for a while there, I didn't think Jamie liked me. I thought that, you know, he was, he, he, didn't, he didn't, I thought he hated my guts and, yeah, <laughs> I always thought he was cool, and you he always made me laugh, and you know we never really had any real powwows or conversations. But um, you know, come to find out, you know, he never had any issues with me at all, and we get along great. And he's uh, he's probably one of my favorite, you know, fellow vendors at these expos. And um, I don't know, Jamie, you just you, you don't have it's to me. I, I get no negative energy coming off of you. You just feel like a you know, whenever I I talk with you, it's always a uh, positive, you know, funny conversation, and uh, that's that's good. Other guys, uh, not so much. You know, 
you know, I, I don't really look at anybody else as, I mean, it's not that I don't think other people are competition. It doesn't bother me, which is maybe because if, if it was my only thing I did for a living and that's how I paid my bills, maybe it would be a little bit different. But I still look at it, like, from a hobby aspect. You know, and when people come in there, there's so many of us, like, at the shows, Dave. Like, when the East Coast shows, there's so many Leopard Gecko guys. And, I mean, wow. I mean, there's a lot. Everybody and their brother, basically. So, mm-hmm. everybody's going to buy. Everybody kind of has different stuff. So, you know, you, when customers come in, they're always going to buy something from just about every single one of us at a show anyway because they're all different things. So, that's kind of how I look at mm-hmm. it. But, yeah, you're right, though. There is a lot of petty <laughs> nonsense that goes on. <laughs> that's for sure. That's one thing I definitely right. like about Jamie, just like you were saying, Dave. Um, he does excellent work with, like, all of his reptiles. But aside from that, he's always been extremely friendly, extremely knowledgeable, extremely helpful, and has always been there to answer any question I've ever had, even, like, when we barely knew each other. So I just... I really appreciate that personality in this hobby, and I think that that's why um, Jamie does so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Thank yeah, you. Definitely- you know, I, I always look miserable, but I'm not miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like at shows, it's like miserable always, chic. I always have this look on my face like I want to throw a brick at you, but I, I really don't. It's just... I'm either tired or just whatever. That's just kind of how I look. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get that. I don't. I don't think your face makes a makes a real you know angry uh, expression. Honestly, yeah. you know, I don't I ever get to see Jamie. Oh really? No, he's he's funny to look at. Not, he's not funny looking. He's you know you look at him. Oh and yeah, you I'm don't funny feel... I'm definitely funny looking and funny to look oh, at. My God. All of the above. Yes. All of the above. And we digress. So, Jamie, what are your plans for 2014? What are you going to be thrilling us with next season? Well, I'm going to pack up my family, and I'm moving to Japan to be a demigod. I think yeah, that is me an too. excellent idea. I will come be a devotee only if you give me free geckos. Uh, okay. Sure, as long as you clean poop. Clean poop, I clean it's poop. on. Um, so what are you going to be honestly, doing? I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that I really, I really like your yellow <laughs> project, and I know you're going to be working with that more this next season. And so then it got me thinking, what else are you going to be working with? What other morphs do you have, like, down the pipes? Like, tell us all. Well, I'm not really, like, a combo chasing kind of guy. Like, I used to do that years ago, but I don't really do it anymore. Like, like I kind of, like you said, I just kind of refine what I have. So I'm still working on Bell stuff. I have a couple of weird Bell projects that I'm going to be hopefully throwing out there this coming season. We'll see how it works. Oh, you mean like actually selling? Well, maybe if I can reproduce them again, (laughs) which would be incredible. So we'll just have to wait and see on that one. And that's those, you know, the the weird-looking purple-headed red-bodied ones. Or no, red-headed purple-bodied ones. I got that backwards. And um, I also have another, like, a red stripe project for Bell that I'm working with. I'm going to probably call it like... banana neck. Thing yeah, too. the banana necks, which that's the name you made up for them. Yeah, yeah, because they have a yellow well, neck. They have which a is pretty banana cool, on their neck. I mean, yeah. it's just sort of, it's sort of fit. Well, that was just <laughs> generation one, so it's going to be a couple years till I get that color to stick, I think, on a lot of those. So it's going to be a while. Um, besides that, it's the rainwater stuff that I'm going to keep working on, like typhoon stuff and 
Um, some striped stuff, some raining red stripe, marine waters. Um, Tremper stuff, I have some pretty neat, um, I guess they're basically Tremper albino hyperxanthic bandits. They're really cool looking. So I'm excited to work with those because, you know, the, the bandit markings on their head, but instead of being black, it's brown because they're albino and the yellow's glowing yellow and the, the purple's very purple. So they're, they're pretty cool. So I'm excited about those. And um, I don't know and what else, really. fat tails. Right. Fat tails, yes. Fat tails, i got quite a few of those going to be going on. Um, cave geckos, of course. Uh, I don't Did know. Did you just win an Oreo in an auction recently? I did, but that's going to be probably another year and a half until they're ready to breed. Oh, but that's exciting, though. The Oreos? Yeah, the Oreos are really cool. They're like a black and white picture. I think they're really neat. Or, you know, Definitely. like little little convicts that have escaped from the prison. <laughs> yeah, or that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're cool. They're very cool. I don't know what I'm going to do with fat tails, really. I'm not going to – I have a pretty decent-sized collection now, and I, I don't really foresee me getting it too much larger, I guess. So we'll see. We'll see about fat tails. But caves and the left, little leopards are big You know, when you say that, ones. when you say that, the gecko gods hear you, and they, they seek to punish you by giving you too many babies to handle. Yeah, 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 they do that every year. <laughs> they do that every year. Hmm. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Jamie, is uh, Destiny, Destiny and I have uh, have these, these uh, leopard geckos that have curly tails. And, uh, you know, some people call them pigtails. Some people call them curly tails. And uh, I know you work with the Malaysian cat geckos, and where um, you have worked with them. I know you have some... Tell us about the those cat geckos, and they have a naturally curly tail, correct? Yeah, that's pretty much they they pretty much curl up like a cat does. And that's where they got their nickname from. Their tail will completely curl up alongside their body, more or less, and they just kind of they kind of scrunch up into a little ball. Cat um, mm-hmm. they're a cool species to work with. I work with two different kinds. Just I I used to work with the Borneo, um, which is is an island, um, an Indonesian island. And they had a green, they, their eyes were green, so that made them different than all the other ones. So they actually got categorized as like their own subspecies. And that's the um, dorsalis, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, the ones I have now are just like the regular everyday felinus, is what they're called. Um, and they're from like Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore. Um, I think they found those, like they're, they're, they were pretty, I think eight in the 1800s, 1860s, I think they were discovered. So they've been around. It's not like it's a new species, but it's not a very... I'm not going to say it's not a popular species, but a lot of guys don't work with them. They're not um, common. They're just not yeah, they're common. not common. They're a little bit more advanced. I'm not going to say advanced because I'm not advanced. So they're. Um, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, um, they're they're like the next step up kind of species. They're a little more um, sensitive to all kinds of things. Like you can't you can't do um, you know the, the heavy supplementation like you do with leopards and stuff. Um, you got to kind of be very careful and you know dust things on certain times. Of, you know. You can't do it every feeding, and um, but they're 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 like a tempid gecko, so basically like 75, 78 degrees during the day, and then you know the evenings can drop down, and the nights like 10 degrees below that, so the high 60s. Um, so they're pretty cool. So I mean, most people's reptile rooms are that temperature, so I call them room temperature, but that's not exactly correct, because um, that's not a normal room temperature of a house, but it's the room temperature of a, of a normal reptile room is right around there. So there's no heat or anything so extra with those. Or they're semi arboreal. They're like they're semi arboreal. They're like low lying trees and shrub kind of thing. Um, you know, they they'll crawl into um holes in trees and whatnot that are lower. Um 
They're not the most so do you accurate keep them geckos. Like you keep, do you keep them like you keep your, your like, racks, like your crests and stuff like that? And, like, um, no. No. Ecology mess branches? Yes. <laughs> well, not really branches. I use um those uh, cork tubes, like cork pork tubes. I use cork bark, bark tubes in a tub, and um, I kind of stack them up so they're kind of high, and then I throw maybe a couple of branches across here and there. But I think the tubs, it's not the 16 quart; it's the next size up, and I don't. I think it's 28 quart possibly. I think that's the next size up of some of the um, Sterilite tubs. That's the size tub I use for them. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, they're, they're pretty cool. You got to like basically mist them every day and feed them about every other day or so, like three or four crickets or a few dubia or something of that nature. But um, they're still fun to keep. They don't, they're not a gecko you're going to see, like, out and about, really, unless you go down at nighttime with a flashlight, and then you're going to see them. But during the day, they pretty much will hide any hole they can find and get as scrunched up as possible. But they're still a very, very, very cool gecko to have. In my mind's oh. eye, I see your basement. And I see that, like, one half is probably, like, all of your, like, terrestrial gecko species, like the AFT and maybe knobtails and stuff like that, all on one side. And then on the other side, I see that's where you keep all of your semi-aboreal and arboreal, like your crested geckos and stuff like that on the other side. And then you walk in, and then you're like, okay, I have to miss this side, and then walk all the way around and then clean that side. And then, and like, you go in this horseshoe. It's probably not like that at all, but I just think of it like that because you're such an organized person. That is actually how it is. <laughs> <laughs> All the tank stuff is in one spot, and all of the, the cooler stuff is in one spot, and it is a big U, and then on the far end is all the racks and all the leopard geckos and fat tails. That's exactly and then how in the is. middle is probably like a table, like a show kind of table. It's kind of like a table, but it's on wheels. I took a cabinet and a table, and I made a rolling workbench. That is awesome. You know what? I just I need you to come design me a basement here in Arizona right now. Mm, okay. <laughs> I will stop there on my way to Japan. <laughs> I think, isn't that going the longer way? I have no idea. <laughs> Probably. Probably. So, you've worked with knobtails before. Yes. What's your opinion of them? I I personally have seen many of the, I think there's three major species. There's a guy here locally who does them, so I've gotten to see them, um, and they terrify me. They're adorable, but they bite, and they have huge heads. Well, the only ones that are the bigger are <laughs> are the Amies, the Nephris Amies. They're the only ones that are larger. The rest of them are small, really. I mean, Wheelerai are fairly I've tiny. I've never they been bitten. Real, I still, me either. Amia, yes, I have one time. I was, I was looking at, I think, the Ojora. No, wait, those are velvet geckos. I was There was three different ones, and there was one that was tiny, and it was really small, but it was going to kill me. And wow. then the other one, I got to hold it, and uh, and the guy was like, be careful, they bite. And I was like, oh, they do. And then it just launched onto my finger. So, I mean, I think they're adorable. And people have a lot of success with them, but I'm honestly terrified of them because I think they hate me. Well, they're really cool. They're really cool to work with. Dave, you have Wheeler Eye still, don't you? Um, no, I gave away my um, I gave my mail to uh, to Steve Barker and he and I are going to do a joint project, and uh, no, I don't. I don't have any more Australian knobtails. Um, I, I just, you know, they're they're really cool. I like them. It's just, you know, they require that lot more attention, and you know, yeah, I'm too busy with so many other care. things. All right. <clears throat> yeah, All right. I'd rather. I, you know, I need to focus on my other stuff here. But um, you know, I've experienced 
keeping them, and uh, I definitely think they're just a, an amazing species. And I would definitely recommend them, you know, to someone that has the time to uh, to really devote to them. They're really cool. Yeah, they're they're incredibly definitely. interesting. Oh yeah, their behavior oh, yeah. is just wild. They're so defensive and, and just they get all they get all like snotty and bothered. It's pretty funny. And their little nubby thing at the end of their knob tail, it like wiggles on its own, and it's crazy cute. Well, that's a lure. That's what lures in prey. Mm-hmm. Well, it lured me in. Yeah, there you go. See, that's well, why I bit you. Well, like a lot of Australian <laughs> animals. Yeah, well, like a lot of Australian animals, they're, there's just something a little different about them, and they're just a little bit more special and a little more strange um, yeah. than, than other geckos. So, yeah, I mean, I think people that are interested in, in reptiles anyway, you know, the regular bird, dog, or cat just isn't interesting enough anyway. I mean, we love our dogs and cats and birds, don't get me wrong, but, you know, like people that are interested in these types of exotic animals definitely look for, you know, the, the stranger or the, you know, the weirder the species, you know, the better. And, I don't know. Right? Um so, you know, that's, that's and for people that are into leopard geckos, sometimes, you know, that next step up from a leopard gecko on as far as interesting goes would be a fat tail. And, um, you know, what kind of fat tails are you, are you doing, Jamie? Um, a lot of whiteout stuff, like caramel whiteouts, whiteouts, patternless whiteouts, um, whiteout mm-hmm. Oreos. I really like the whiteout, and that's kind of what I got into at first. I mean, when I first got fat tails, I picked up some normals. And then I bought a trio of Patternless in, like, 2009 for, like, some crazy amount of money. I was blown away that I even spent that much money. But um, <laughs> it's when they were kind it's of first. It's definitely I mean, a volatile market. Yeah, they're still they're still really expensive. But Patternless, I think it was, like, four grand. maybe I paid for a 1.2 back in 2009. Oh, boy. But um, And then the whiteout, you know, at the time, I don't even know what they were. Maybe they were $3,000 or something. But that's the animal I saw. I was like, that's what I want. That's the closest thing to, like, a Max Snow-looking Fat tail. I know. So, the first ones were phenomenal. Yes, yes, yes. Intense. So that's kind of what I'm working with now. Um, not a whole lot of stuff. I, I, I still like the normals. I almost think that normals and whiteouts are my two favorites. Like a really nice yeah. colored, like, you know, caramel, not car- even, you know what I mean? It's like a tannish browns. I, I, I really like the normal face. So I have a bunch of those, and I, I like those. Do normals even well, exist anymore these days? Well, they're hats. Yeah. You know, they're head everything. Everything's they're, they're this, yeah. Yeah, like head Toyota, head Walmart. They're head everything. Like you can't, everything's head. So. <laughs> it's just unbelievable with fat tails. I mean, <laughs> and if yeah, it isn't a head, it's a pop. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have another caller on the line for you, Jamie. Let's uh, go ahead and take. Um, maybe this is Mandy again. I'm not sure. Uh, caller from the five seven one area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hey guys, it's uh, Sean from Heavy Duty Reptiles. Hey, hey Sean, what's up, dude? Hey, How's it um, going, Sean? I'm good. I'm nervous right now, but I'm good. <laughs> oh, don't be nervous. So, um, I had a question. Yeah, but... I guess you could all answer this, but um, what's your guys' setups for uh, taking pictures of geckos? I know Destiny, you have some amazing pictures, <laughs> so um, Thank you. I just just curious. I'm trying to. Take better pictures, I guess you could say. Well, well I guess question. I'll go first. Um, no, you guys, you guys I, go. You go I, I actually have a YouTube video about, like, my little setup. But basically it's just, um, it was a Walmart purchase 
like bits and pieces box. It's just um I think it's maybe a twenty tall um tub that I cut the front out with an exacto knife and oh my gosh, that is the hardest thing in the whole world to do because plastic doesn't <laughs> want to cut straight. Ever. And That's just so dumb. um <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jamie, the contractor, would have had a much easier way of doing it, but that's what I decided to do, and I did it. And then I um, I use a white poster board um, that lines it, which does um, an effect that's called an infinity background, which I actually learned from one of my friends who does hog noses. Um, he's also a, a photographer, and so he gave me tips and tricks um, to get everything just right. And then um, I have been using a granite tile um, because I like it has sparkles in it. You can laugh at me all you want that I like sparkles. And um, basically you just have to make sure you have good lighting. Um, A lot of breeders insist on natural light only and refuse to use a flash at all. Um, But when you're taking product shots for your website, for example, sometimes it's just simply not possible. I live in Arizona for about four months out of the year, it's 120 degrees outside. I am not going to go outside with my leopard gecko. Come on, let's go take your picture. Oh, crap, you just died of dehydration. You know, um, so I have a lighting setup, and I use um, one, I use two uh, of the compact fluorescent bulbs, uh, one on each side, and then towards the back I use a mercury vapor bulb. Not that it's something I specifically chose, it just belongs to my Molly, and when he's napping during the day, I'm like, oh, yoink, I'm totally going to borrow that for a bit. And then to the side is um, a huge window that lets in a lot of natural light. Um, yeah. It it can be totally complicated to get the perfect picture. It takes yeah, I'll make sure to check out that video on YouTube. You can ask Jamie and, and Dave because it's universal, you can plop your gecko down to take its picture, and sometimes it works out perfect. You get it on the first try. But nine times out of ten, that the first picture, the second picture, all the way up to the 60th. Oh, yeah. Um, Never gotten it on the first try. <laughs> yeah, it's a picture of the gecko, you know. You just can't do that. You just you can't get it on the first the try. North. Right. So it's just a lot of patience. You just have to – you have to – set aside a big chunk of time to, to do it. Yeah. All right, cool. Jamie? Yeah, as far David, as I... I, I think I fell asleep. That was so long, I fell asleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> I fell asleep. I, in that time, I actually figured out how to add names to the callers, so now it saves... Oh, you guys are awful mean. Sean, this is really easy. This is, this, is, this is how I do it. Like, if you go on my website right now, I spent all day yesterday taking pictures just of those 32 geckos, and it took 600 pictures just to get those pictures. And I'm not even happy with the pictures wow. that are up there. Wow. But, um, Actually, really? I looked at Jamie's website pictures just before the show, and I know he's not happy with them. And that's just part of it. The artist is never satisfied with his own work. And I can, I'm can, i like that, too. I take a picture, and I'm like, eh, eh, I don't know. But Jamie's pictures are really good. And yeah, his they look background... Like his new background, have you seen it, with, like, this deep, rich mahogany color? I love it, and I totally think I might have to copy. <laughs> yeah, it looks really I'm nice. going to check it out right now. I saw it earlier. Oh, I'm going to look at it again now. Oh, yeah. For a light awesome. 
for for a light box, yeah. you can just go on Amazon and not go through all this drama with cutting a bin and all this stuff. <laughs> you can, Destiny, I'm not picking on you. I, I love you dearly. Oh, so oh I'm yeah, not you're on totally you. not picking on me. I can see that. Um, for like eighty dollars, <laughs> this company called Square Products makes photography equipment, and it's worth eighty bucks. You get the whole kit with the lights and the light box and the whole nine yards, and then you just set it up basically. What was that called? Uh, Square Products, I think. It's definitely Square, and it's on Amazon.com. And it may be Square Products or Square something. My wife's very much into photography, so she kind of showed me how to take some pics. Um, okay, I just and then, that down. Yeah, it, it's pretty easy just to do that. And it comes with, it's a whole kit. It comes like a suitcase, and you unzip it, and it has the lights and everything else you need, which is like the fluorescent lights, but it's these big, giant ones. And um, basically there's instructions on how to set your white balance right inside the thing. Um, yeah. And basically, the camera that we use, I, I think Destiny might use the same camera. We use like a, a what is it, a Canon DSLR? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine is a, is a, it's a T3i. Um, and there. You can pick on me now because I have no idea what kind of camera I own. So go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I actually use a Canon Rebel T3i, and it's a DSLR. I think I said those letters right. Um, so a lot of people who take like pictures like professionally for magazines and stuff like that um there's a huge difference between like the kinds of camera that takes film the kinds of digital cameras that are just the point and shoots and then this other level of camera and so i mean investing in your camera is a really good idea in my opinion but not everyone can do that um so my original photos that I took maybe two years ago um, and even into some of this season's babies were all done on my iPhone uh, 4S. And they come out okay, too, as long as you make sure that you focus your picture properly and you're, you have really good light. But um, with the geckos who decide that they are not going to sit still, it can be really challenging. Mm-hmm. I have a trick yeah. for that. I have a trick you for that. You uh, no, I take a deli cup, and I spray-painted it black on the outside, of course, and let it dry, and it sat for weeks and months and whatever. And I actually will set the gecko in the light box, and then I'll put the deli cup on top of it that's black, and I'll hold it there for a minute or so. And then when I take off the deli cup, I usually have about 20 seconds until that thing jets to take a picture. Oh, I do something Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. yeah and I, that's, I love that's that idea, Jamie. Huh. You know who I look at? I look at wow. I look at the Urban Gecko's website, and I want to know how he does that with his pictures. How every single gecko is exactly the same shape. I swear the dude oh. puts them in a freezer. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can. I don't know if he's photoshopping, but you can photoshop a tail to be in a certain position and not even and have it not you know have it still look natural. But you know, he's I using a mold. Him. He's yeah. using a mold of some kind. Like I'm cheating and using a cup. He's using something that's S shaped, and I'll figure it out someday. It'll take a while. Every single one of the geckos, every leg and every arm is in the exact same position. Exact, exact, and that is. I I'm know. telling you that must that would take me forty thousand pictures, and I would quit by the time I got those. Are you at a break? <laughs> no way. Oh, but hey, I'm on your site right now, Jamie, and you know, besides these incredible pictures, and they look really good, actually, the thing that catches my eye the most is on your homepage. It says. We are also proudly a sponsor of Gecko Nation Radio. And there is, is pretty, an awesome it? banner. It looks so nice. Um, it does look very what, what nice. Is, I saw it too. You got it. It's, it's, it's a little typo, though. 
it says, we also proudly, oh, no, it doesn't, it, I read it wrong. No, it's perfect. We also proudly sponsor Gecko Nation Radio, and proudly is capitalized. So that that's very special. Jamie, what made you decide to, to sponsor the show? Well, I think it's really good for the community. I mean, I think we need something like this, some sort of, you can hear other breeders and bring light to other people that most people wouldn't um, even know exists. So it's cool. I mean, look at the response you get, and everybody's going crazy for it. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's the, the thing to do. And, um, like, ever since you started the old show, I was supporting you then. So I'm obviously going to support you in this one. So I think it's a good thing, and I think Thank you, you should continue. And I don't know. What else will we do on Sunday night? We'll be trying to watch great. The Walking Dead. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Is it the premiere? The season premiere of The Walking Dead. Watching that right after this. I cannot <laughs> wait. I am so excited. Well, I've been waiting all all year for this. It takes a long time. It takes a long way. I just well, have to know, say, Jamie, that we definitely appreciate your sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, it was painful. You can always take The Walking Dead and watch it after, but, you know. You, oh, it'll be on next Sunday at 8 o'clock. Show, yeah. Well, if you listen to the show, you, if, you, if you don't listen to the show, you may miss out on an opportunity to win a prize or something. Because you never know That's when true. we're going to do prizes and whatnot. So, I mean, maybe I you can see, download the show and listen to it tomorrow, but, you know, you won't be I saw a really funny up. post on Facebook that said, what kind of evil person would schedule Jamie Carnes as a show on the radio on the same time as the Walking Dead season premiere? <laughs> I know, it's such a hard <laughs> You know, I don't watch TV. I don't watch television. And the reason why I, I schedule... I, I picked this time slot, is, and I think I, guys, I told you guys, it's because I figured it was like the one last thing people can look forward to before their work week or their school week, and one last fun thing to look forward to. So that's, that's why I picked this time slot. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry the show for all you to work. fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. It'll be on yeah. next week. They replay the episode every week, the week after, at 8 o'clock. So it'll be on again. Yeah. Okay, so yes, yeah, so you can watch you can watch the last week's and then the new one on the same night, right? I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they do those marathons every other day for seventeen hours, and yeah, it's, it'll be on. All right. Well, then I don't, I don't feel so bad then. <laughs> <laughs> you evil person, you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, give up The Walking Dead for the show. That's, that's that means a lot to me, believe it or not. Well, I have to make a confession. Actually, I've never watched it. And actually, um, when I started talking to Jamie, uh, he sent me a very horrible face on Facebook because I don't know what a white walker is. You've never (laughs) seen Game of Thrones. You're like, you live on some prison planet somewhere else. (laughs) I live on the sun. I'm gonna start watching that show too. Oh, that's good. Based on every, every I'm like, well, I'm a. They, they kind of say it's it's kind of like the Lord of the Rings, but I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't think thing. so. The only yeah, aspect right? I'd say is, is maybe the dragon stuff, maybe just a little bit. Which I'm not even into dragons, but I love the show. So, Jamie, you could have mm-hmm. pulled me. Isn't your basement filled with them? Well, yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah we're getting off topic. We got to get back into the geckos. Um, All right, well, thanks for having me on. Anytime, Sean. Thanks Thanks for for calling. All right, thanks. Bye. Take it easy, Sean. Thanks, bye. Okay. 
Yeah, Sean's cool. That's Sean from Heavy Duty Reptiles. You can check him out on YouTube and on Facebook. All right. All right. We're coming. We're not at the end of the show, but we, we're getting there. Um, let's see. I have some more uh, questions for you, um, for you, uh, Jamie. Um, well, you know, next week, you said you work with uh, the cat geckos. Um, now, do you think that they're – I know you don't have – you probably don't have experience hatching out curly-tailed leopard geckos, but do you no. think that there's a correlation where maybe, you know, there's some kind of thing happening where maybe the leopard geckos are evolving some type of tail like that? Is it? you think it's something to think I about? I actually don't know. I, I have no idea. I didn't even see those things until, what was it, a couple months ago when I think maybe Destiny or you or – I guess it might have been Destiny I saw that she had posted one. I had no idea even what it was. So I, I have no yeah. I have no way to weigh in on this subject. I'm just not even 100 percent sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think We're gonna though, go into as long about as it next week though. Yeah, yeah. If it, if it's if it's not something that's hurting the gecko, we're gonna turn it into some crooked back beast. I think that it's um I think it's all good. <laughs> like very well be what you think, you know. And only breeding's going yeah. to be able to tell that. So you guys are definitely the uh, forerunners in that department. I I'll be catching up to that project probably like three years from now when you guys are all in Barbados, sipping on cocktails. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, we have another caller for you, Jamie. All sure. right, caller from the 612 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hey, guys, it's Chad. How you doing? Hello. Hey, Chad, how's it going? Go on, Chad. Yeah, good. Jamie, Destiny, Dave, good to talk to you. Say, um, I know you guys all... Um, work with you know various or multiple species and of geckos, not not even just geckos, but um, I know Destiny, you work with all kinds of critters. Um, I do. <laughs> what, if and I know you guys are all pretty full up with you know your your schedules, and you probably can't fit more critters in there. But if you were each to pick one, uh, say fantasy species of gecko, or not, not even a gecko, but reptile in general. That you'd like to start as a project, what would you what would you pick? That's a really good question. Um, Jamie knows what my dream species would be. He actually just bought some, and I hate him. No, not really. I would work. <laughs> I would work with the species that Jamie just picked up, and I'll go ahead and let him tell you about that. I don't even remember what you're talking about. Oh. They're from an island. They're one of the largest gecko species known to Oh, man. today. That was today. Yeah, I pick up too much stuff. I thought you were talking about pink tongue stinks. Stinks. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Oh, leeches. Oh, yeah, I would yeah, love to have those. Like leeches. <laughs> leeches. Oh, the leeches are awesome. They are definitely cool. They are definitely cool. I think for me, it would probably be, this is kind of goofy, but, Boas. <laughs> I just don't have really. Space. I love boas. I love boa morphs. I love jungles and albinos. And when I first got into this, I had a huge collection of boas, but it was just too much to handle, really. Like just the rats and the size and the space. So I mean, that kind of pushed me into geckos a lot harder than what I probably would have gotten into if I would have had a giant place to keep boas. Well, I think okay. that I think that the most difficult thing that Jamie mentioned about like snakes is is keeping up with their their diet because you don't want to yeah. 
you don't want to be stuck having to buy from somebody else all the time. So rodent care is pretty intense. Oh, yeah. Just raising your own rodents, there's a lot of smell and everything else, too. (laughs) If I had to pick a gecko, though, it would definitely be the um, What? Which one of those? Massabees. What is that, Amy? I'm not familiar with that one. You have to look it up on Google. I'm even pronouncing it wrong. Masobi, Masobi, I think it's probably pronounced. They look like little alien geckos. They're pretty cool. Nice. You don't see two. I have a friend of mine who's just starting to work with them, and I have I have yet to even see one in person anywhere. But they are incredibly cool, black and white speckled little alien-looking things. Very cool. Well, for me, cool. it would definitely be um, definitely be a gecko, and it would be uh, from New Zealand. It would be the Nautilinus uh, I think it's pronounced. Ray, yeah, they're just so beautiful. I'm looking at them right now, actually. Those um, are a close you, second to the to Masobi that I would pick, definitely. They're gorgeous and amazing. Yeah. I'd love to see I some know. pictures There's, of those. You'll have to put some links up on the back party or something so we can look at those. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I definitely need pictures. Right in the chat room. I'm going to put oh. a link uh, right now in the chat room, too. Actually, I'll put a link to the search. So you guys can check out a whole bunch of links. How about that? Wonderful, uh, wonderful. I think that sounds great because, A, I don't know Greek and Latin, like, names, and, and two, I don't know what these look like, and I would really like to see that because if Amy wants it, it's oh. got to be cool, and if you said that the one that David likes is similar, then that means they both have equal taste, and now I need to see them. They both look like alien species. They're very, very neat. So Europlatus fantasticus are also a really, really neat species to work with, and they look, they're yeah, also yeah. looking. Well, how about you, Chad? Think, what would be yours? I, well, I was mentioning this the other day, so I think you already know, but I, I'd really, really like to get into those fish scale geckos. I think those are really neat. Oh, yeah, uh, they're like golden mm-hmm. fish scale. Um, the store that's local here... Um, They've got one, and he looks kind of rough. But um, and I don't, I don't know if it's even a male or female. But uh, I w- they are a neat-looking critter. And, and if we could even, um, and then not only just getting them, getting uh, captive breeding going on, but then if we can start unlocking different morph patterns, if possible, um, there's such a unique look to them that uh, I'd really love to get into those. I mean, the only problem right now is all the ones I'm seeing are wild caught, and I would yep. be careful about about buying them because a lot of them look like they're in bad shape. They look like they're sick. Yep. You know the ones I've been seeing yeah. at some of the shows. So it's a you shame. Know, Dave, that, but that, I guess some, that's how I got into the cave geckos. Though I picked up, I took a chance. I bought well, a big pile because I mean they were like wholesale baby, just like these things, like a nine dollars a piece or something like that. I don't even remember. It was something ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean they were. Awful. I mean, sometimes that's what you have to do, and then you know you start building up something like that, and then all of a sudden, importing them for that cheap and being as inhumane as sometimes it is kind of ceases because the drive isn't there anymore because people can get nice well, quality ones that last. Well, yeah, and I would suggest that if anybody's thinking about doing something like that, um, definitely, you know, I would leave it to somebody that has some knowledge with worming or deworming. Have a good vet. Lizards because <laughs> yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, you're gonna Red you're gonna need knowledgeable vet. Or, or you know how to uh, administer administer these these medications. I mean, for instance, 
Um, I know of somebody that just invested in a lot of wild caught fat tails, you know, to uh, mm. basically start a new line of new line of normals. And they knew right off the bat that everything they had, they were going to have to uh, deworm. And uh, these are my friends, uh, John and Chrissy from Loki Reptiles, and um, yeah. they really they really did a great job deworming these fat tails, and they um, they they were able to get a whole bunch of them all all ready to go and sellable within eight months, I think. But it took a lot of work oh. to do that. Well, and that so, brings up the other point of you know, quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Quarantine, yeah. Quarantine. Huge. Quarantine is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, it's extremely yeah. important. It's important whether you're just buying from somebody um, on the Internet, at a show, if you're getting imported animals. It's so important to have... I, I do a 90-day quarantine process. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, some other people do less. Some people do more. Um, but I, I think that 90 days for me is the safe zone where I'm like, okay, I can integrate into the population now. Um, but mm-hmm. another another good point that um, Jamie just made is sometimes you do have to take that chance. For example, um Almost all of the new morphs that you see in African fat tails were all wild caught specimens. And, and then so they just moved them out. Yeah, yep. so like the the first whiteout, somebody was, it was just running around on the ground, who knows where, and somebody just grabbed it, tossed it in a sack, and sold it to somebody who wanted to do something with it. They, right. you know, healthy Most it up. Perceptives and, are and wild caught. Most recessives that usually start out any kind of morph is usually wild-caught stuff in anything, be it albino ball python, be it albino leopard gecko, be it whatever. Yep. Absolutely. So so sometimes it's definitely worth it if you you have the passion for that species or that look that sometimes you just got to do it. Um, It it can suck along the way um, if you have some that don't make it, but it it can definitely be extremely rewarding. I mean, look at Jamie. He has, like, a wait list for his cave geckos. If he hadn't made that jump um, at the time, he wouldn't be where he is now. Right. Absolutely. Well, and, Destiny, you know what I'm working on with the leopard geckos with that uh, eye morph that I think that I want to try and prove out. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a long time coming, but if it works out, you know, it's going to be wonderful. So. I think you definitely have a solid uh, test breeding plan set up for your male. Chad has a gecko with the strangest eye anomaly I've ever seen, and he actually posted pictures of it on a couple of Facebook groups, and uh, some of the heavy hitters went ahead and weighed in on their opinions, and nobody could really um, say for sure what it was. So um, hmm. Chad has a I haven't, awesome I haven't seen line. it. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I'll post it on the after, day, at the after party. Yeah, do that because I haven't okay. seen it either. But I'm half the time my head is buried in sand somewhere, so I don't know. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll really get a I'll get a fresh picture anomaly. taken here, and then I'll get it. Uh, well, maybe I did see it. I just don't remember. It. I don't remember it though. But I'd like to see it again, Chad. I, I may have seen it. Absolutely. I may have commented. I may have been. A, yeah. Well, I appreciate you, all your cool. answers, and uh, keep up the great uh, show, Dave. And we'll talk to you guys uh, real soon. Thanks so much all right, for Chad, calling in, for calling Chad. In. All right, man, take care.
All right. Chad's cool. I know him from Facebook. Nice guy. Um, all right. Well, we got about five minutes left. Um, I'm going to need a few minutes to do the uh, to do the um, sponsor plug. So um, just at about a minute's time, Jamie, why don't you have some closing remarks and um, give out your information? Well, you can find me on Facebook for Razor Sharp Reptiles and also on the Internet at www.razorsharpreptiles.com. Um, that's pretty much it. That's all my info. I'm not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. Well, you're in closing remarks. Enough, you have, no, I don't know. Well, that two-hour show kind of wasn't enough. Well, why don't you give us some deep, profound statements? Or something, you know? Wow! Like, um, really? Oh, um, I can't. I don't even know I don't, how to do that. I would just say no? that if you have a passion to do this, do this, no matter what anybody says. Everyone's going to tell you you can't do it. Everyone's going to tell you there's too many people. There's too much competition. You're going to fail. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Just if you love it, mm-hmm. do it, and you will be absolutely fine as long as you keep all your ducks in a row and you're a good person. It'll work out just fine. That's my there word. You go. Here, here. That's what we need. That's what we needed. All right, Jamie, thank you very much, and um, thanks again for being a sponsor of the show. All right, guys. Thank you for having me, and I will speak to you both later. All right. Bye. Later, bud. All right. Destiny, hang on. Um, I want to thank you, Destiny, for being my co-host for tonight, and um, I'm looking forward to our episode next week where we get to talk uh, with you in depth about what the, what you're doing. Me too. I'm so excited. I actually was really, really nervous when we started out, but and now I think it's way fun. So I can totally understand why you want to do this every Sunday. Oh, it's great. I love it. I get a little jitters, but it's good jitters. So every week I get better at it too. So, you know. I definitely appreciate you inviting me to be a co-host. It was an experience that I will never forget. It was really fun, and I just I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Okay, well, we'll do it again, too, so don't worry about that. We'll have you back as a co-host That sounds again, amazing. Too, you know? Awesome. Yeah, All I right, think Destiny, I would thanks like again. that. Cool. I'll, I'll talk to you later in the week. Okay, yep, talk to you later, Dave. Bye. Bye now. All right, everybody, here is a few words, and then I'll give my closing remarks. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance. They are our most effective defense against legislation that threatens our rights of exotic animal ownership. Sign up for their newsletter and donate if you can at usherp.org. Okay, everybody, there you have it, another great episode. Um, I'm so happy with the success of the show. I really 
wish to thank Steve for all his work behind the scenes with the audio and video work that he does. It's invaluable. Um, so every, so everyone, this is not easy. When you grow a collection, when you know, you really must have a love for these animals. If you don't, you won't last very long at a large scale. Um, there's a lot of pitfalls, competition, expenses, concerns involved. On the upside, it is also a very rewarding experience uh, to just, I don't know, learn so much about these animals, just experience what it is to coexist with them in the hobby or enthusiast type setting. So um, it's up to you to decide where you're going to take this. Whatever, Wherever you're at, um, do it good and stand out in the crowd. So, good night, Gecko Nation. Join me in the group for the after party. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.